second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback, well, North Carolina. Hello. It's going it's to be a perfect fit. I'm very happy to be here in Chicago. Yeah, I really enjoy the coaching staff and my time with them, and I just can't wait to get to work. Bears Hour Live with host Lauren Cox and the draft talk Phil Atoshin. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. It, we're back on the air again two times in one day. Mm-hmm. I think that's a first for us. Me and Draft Dr. Phil Atoshin bringing you some live Bears draft analysis. The Bears have made their two fourth-round picks. All they have left is a fifth-round pick. Who knows if we'll if we'll get there or if Ryan Pace will make another trade in one direction when we finally get to that point in the draft. But, Phil, we, we needed some help breaking down some of these small school prospects that the Bears have gotten. Why don't you introduce our special guest on the show today? Yeah, great friend of the show. I mean, the guy brings it every time you're on. He's on with us. Uh, Bear fans should know through us how highly we feel of one Emery Hunt from footballgameplan.com, the czar of the playbook. Emery, thank you so much for jumping on short notice with us. But I was like, you got these guys coming off the board. Ryan Pace is taking his guys, and they're coming off the board from small schools. I said, what better guy to bring some expert analysts to these players than Emery Hunt? So thanks for coming up and joining us today. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, Emery, before we get to the small school stars uh, on those levels, let's talk about what Ryan Pace, once again, the GM of the Bears, really dictating his draft board, going up, trading away some picks to come up and get free safety from Alabama, Eddie Jackson. I had him ranked 67th on my board. Talk about him going 112 to the Chicago Bears. What are your thoughts on that pick for the Bears? I think it's a good pick for uh, Chicago because you got to look at Eddie Jackson coming off, you know, up and down season because of the injury. But and it's a shame he was my sixth rated strong safety with a 78 grade. And the the crazy part is that if he would have came out last year, he probably would have been a second round pick or first round, late first round pick. But he, you know, he goes back like everybody says he's supposed to gets injured mm-hmm. and now he drops like a rock just like we've seen Jake Butt drop like a rock you know the Titan out of Michigan uh, getting hurt in that bowl game so sad for Jackson because again he, he's coming off an injury uh, but I like his versatility he can play corner or safety either safety spot and with that versatility that's a welcome addition to that Bears secondary yeah the Bears have needed that kind of playmaking player in the backfield, in the defensive backfield, I should say, for a while. They haven't really had the, the sort of rangy free safety there. But you mentioned the uh, the injury he suffered. I think now he's gone through. He tore his ACL two years ago and then broke his leg this past year. That, that's, that was the first thing that, that popped in my mind with this guy is, is how well he's going to be able to stay healthy. But certainly when he's on the field, he makes some big-time interceptions and is pretty explosive with the ball in his hand as a punt returner. Phil, do you get concerned at all about Eddie Jackson's physicality? He's not a guy that is a, a, a very solid tackler per se. Not that he's horrible in that field, but he's not very physical. Do, does that does that concern you at all with him? I look at Ryan Pace and what they're trying to do, especially when you look at past Bears in the secondary of what they have. He's looking for guys that 
take the ball away that are ball hawks. They don't have them there, as Emery and both of you said. This kid could go in there and play free safety or strong safety in Vic Fangio's matchup zone schemes, as well as be the free in single high and, and really use his range and his athleticism to take away some footballs you've seen in the past nobody's taken away the football at the safety position it's a rarity i think harold joan corte had one against tampa two years ago but really you're looking for your safeties to make some plays they brought in demps for that reason because he had eight interceptions in houston and now they take a guy who i believe has a real athletic system a real athletic you know balance to his game he's not the best tackler but he's a willing tackler that's what i want because i think technique can always be coached up if you're willing to put your face in there and you're willing to do necessary to alley and be unselfish i think this football player is not afraid of contact i believe he's a great rangy player and will get after the football when it's worry about the injuries but rod in his leg shane marshall said of bears bar room but you you know, sometimes in the fourth or fifth round, you got to take some risks in order to get that high-end athleticism on your roster, especially on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, we've seen high-end athleticism and, and sort of risk as the theme for a lot of this draft. We, we'll get to Adam Shaheen in the second round with Emery in a little bit here, but I want to move on to the other fourth-round pick, Ter- Tariq Tarek Cohen from North Carolina A&T. I know Emery Hunt is a huge fan of this guy, and I haven't watched a ton of North Carolina A&T, but when, I, when, I watched, when I've seen of this guy, explosive, shifty, very hard to tackle. Like, I like, guys like him, I like to say they're like my ex-girlfriend. They refuse to go down, and so I'm really excited to see <laughs> him in Chicago. Emery, what are your thoughts on uh, Tariq Cohen here? Is, is it, do you know if it's Tariq or Tariq, and, and, and what, what kind of ceiling does this guy have? It's Tariq Cohen, and... and um... What I like about his game is that he is a mirror image of Darren Sproles, both in vision, explosiveness, running style, everything, the whole nine. Sproles is a little bit more, more uh, a thicker uh, body, but Cohen is just as strong as far as breaking tackles is concerned. And I think that's just a great pick for Chicago. And I actually believe with his ability to make guys miss, his ability to create yards out of nothing, um, we haven't seen someone this agile, quite honestly. I'm not saying he's this type, but we haven't seen someone this agile since uh, since Barry Sanders. That agile and that explosive at the same wow. time, fast in all directions. You know, I was at that game against Alcorn State, that 2015 Celebration Bowl, where the first carry of the game went for like an 80-yard touchdown run. He weaved through traffic. I, when you watch him on film, it was against uh, Elon. Uh, he broke like a 60-yard run down the middle, weaved his way through traffic, and did not get touched it, through through bodies. It was just amazing to see. And so he's doing stuff on film. Like if someone was to tell me I like him better than Leonard Fournette, the, the tape actually can justify that, that point. You know what I'm saying? He can make a strong case for that. So I think this was a great pick uh, for, for Chicago, and I think he's already the best bat on the roster. Wow. So, wait a second. We got to stop you there. I want to rewind and say that again to the Bears fan. Best back on the roster. So he's back in your eyes. And Jordan Howard is right now with the. Absolutely. Because you look at a guy like Cone, like Howard, and people have to understand this. They'll say some, some quick rebuttal will, will say, oh, well, Howard has 
uh, ran for a thousand yards. He averaged this yard to carry. Yes, that's good. As an NFL back, you're supposed to do that because it only takes 65 yards a game. And you look at Jordan Howard. If you're getting those those uh, volume carries, um, of course you're going to get hit that 65 yard number. However, when you look at a back like Tariq Cohen, he can take those. He can turn a 65 yard game into a 130 yard game. He has that ability. You can't hit what you can't catch. You can't hurt what you can't touch. And Cohen has that ability. And when you give someone the ball that is a threat to score every play, you want them on the field more often than not. Well, that's the point is bringing you on here because when you look at this football player's tape, it's the perfect example of Sproles because that's what I compared it to. You're talking, they call him the human joystick. You're talking extreme balance and extreme agility. So Emery's not exaggerating. Maybe his opinion might be different than mine in that regard, but this kid brings what the Bears need, an ulterior back that gives a different look can come in on third downs. One thing really obvious about this football player is tremendous hands. He's catching anything and everything. I know the, the highlight flipping backwards, catching two balls each hand at the same time as he's flipping, showing his dynamic agility and athleticism off the charts. But as a running back coach, it's someone who's a chess player, who's two moves ahead of the defender when he's football that really jumps off on the tape so because he's from a smaller school and i played with guys as well as you have that are from smaller schools that have gone on and been successful in the nfl there's a bias there this kid really i believe becomes a factor back on third downs and returns for the and he willing power game runner he's not afraid to stick his face in there you know a lot of times with running backs and talk about this too as you played the position in college there's a feel there's something that you go back and watch the tape and you don't even remember doing that but at the same time it's just an instinctive ability to run avoid and not be afraid of it at the same time that's what i think cohen brings to the chicago bears and i love the freaking pick here for the chicago bears yeah i just hope he doesn't get pigeoned into being the quote-unquote third down guy because at the end of the day if someone is that valuable to be on third downs, you want them to be on the field for the first two. And so I think when you look at Jordan Howard, I see a lot of the same things with the Redskins two years ago with Matt Jones and then mm-hmm. last year with, with Rob Kelly. Those That's the same. So that's the same type of back. And Washington still needs a tailback. So when you yeah, think about it, when everybody was talking about Matt Jones, oh, he's good, he's good, they found their back. They replaced him next year with uh, Rob Kelly. And now Rob Kelly this year is known as Fat Rob Kelly. So <laughs> when you have basic backs, you're going to always leave stuff out there on the field. That's what a, a guy like an Adrian Peterson brings to the table. That, that's what a, a uh, um, Jamal Charles brings to the table. And if Tariq Cohen went to Stanford, he'd be a first-round pick. If he went to Nebraska, he'd be Amir Abdullah. You know, And so I think that's a lot of people get – caught up on the size i've always said size is not a skill people get caught up on the school it doesn't matter his agility and his speed doesn't it's the same thing if it was being played at uh north carolina or north carolina a&t fast is fast agile is agile and this guy right here is a home run hit a legit threat to score every play we got heated out of darren sproles's career because people looked at his size and said oh he should be a third down back or a specialist look how productive the eagles running game was when he was 
when he's in there for a series. Teams can't find him, and they constantly are able to move the football down the field. And this is a guy in Terracone that doesn't get hurt. And you've seen that over the course of his career, four-year starter, four-time All-American, average over, what, 250 to 300 carries a season when teams know you're getting the football and produce year in, year out. That That's a guy you want touching the rock. Is this kid comparable to Danny Woodhead? I got a coach texting me right now saying this kid is comp Danny Woodhead, fearless runner, runs angry with the football despite the third down narrative. As you're speaking, this coach has texted me from a small school college that played against him. Is, exactly. this, is this your feeling on this football player, a Danny Woodhead type of player for the Bears? That's what they're getting out of this kid? I would I would agree, and I feel bad for Danny Woodhead because he had two knocks coming out of college. He had the small college knock. He had three actually. He had the small college knock. He had the the lack of quote unquote size knock, and he's a white running back. So all three things were people used to justify. Oh well, he can't be a starting tailback when this dude won the Division Two Heisman Trophy two years in a row, and ran for twenty two hundred yards two years in a row, and has the all time rushing record. I think he's number two all time um, because I think that record has since been broken uh, rushing in the career. And again, Shadron State, you knew Danny Woodhead was getting the ball. And when they put it on his highlights, I remember I was in college. Uh, I think either either I was in college or we were just out of college. And watching him play, I'm like, my goodness, why is this dude not getting drafted? Why are they taking so long to draft this guy? And what they do, the first thing they do is when they do uh, sign him as a free agent, they just move him the receiver. In the slot. How stereotypical is that? When this dude should be touching the ball as a tailback. Well, we got breaking news coming off of this, the airwaves, Lauren. And we got the perfect guy to break it down. As the Chicago Bears, apparently, looking at some other players in the draft, think of, I thought the pick was in. Apparently, it wasn't in. That's someone guessing. I apologize. So, forget the breaking news. We're someone there. They're trying to say a Jordan Morgan coming up here, two picks. Let's keep Emery on the line because Bears are two picks. While we wait, let's talk about the big tight end from Ashland. Adam Shaheen in the second round. What do you think of that pick, Emery? I know you have a lot to say about smaller school prospects, keen eye on talent. Talk about Ryan Pace trading up, trading back, and grabbing him what he said was the best player available for them on their board at 45. And I mean, I don't, I don't mind the pick, you know, I would have gone with a, a more complete tight end and Jordan Leggett out of Clemson, but Shaheen dominated his competition. He has upside because only two years of playing football. So he has that growth within his game, but I don't know if he will grow into a blocker. Otherwise he's what the bears in my opinion already have on the roster and he and Zach Miller. So, it's like he's six seven two eighty. He has great hands. He can catch football, but he's not even willing to block. And I think that's something that he's going to have to fix. And you don't take a guy that, you know, if he's not as dynamic in the passing game, you don't take him in the second round unless he's at least halfway willing to block. And I think that's where he's going to have to get work. Now they're good. They can utilize both on the field. He can, you know, that's how they're probably going to envision him early on. Have a have an inline tight end. And also have a guy in Zach Miller out there as well, uh, and use him as a move piece. And I think that's going to be great. And the Bears just went again with Jordan Morgan from Cuts. There you go. Yep. So that's a great pick. He was my second guard 
uh, with an 84 grade. His tape, he played left tackle at Cutstown. His tape is phenomenal. And just a super athlete, you could easily see him transitioning, kicking down inside. He was strong at the senior bowl, so he can definitely, I think he can step in and, and play either right tackle or guard. But he was my second guard, just finished a half a point behind Dan Feeney. So I like this pick for Chicago. I like the fact that they're taking good football players, period, regardless of school, regardless of, of size. I think that's an awesome selection. Now, Shaheen, again, he can catch, he can run. He reminds me a lot of Patriots uh, tight end um, Matt Lingle that came out of Eastern Kentucky, another tall six seven tight end, about the same size, with the same type of skills, although Lingle had a lot of injury concerns, more of a willing blocker than Shaheen. But I think, you know, if Chicago's going to try to use double tight end sets, this is a good fit for what they want to do. Now they just got to get the quarterback situation squared away. Quite honestly, Glennon or Trubisky should be able to be functional within this offense. With a guy like Jordan Morgan. Look at this. Uh, do, you, do, you th- do you think he's better huh. th- than Bobby Massey in year one? Or is he a guy that's going to need, you know, potentially at right tackle or is he the guy that's going to need a year? I think he's going to probably need a few games because that's the only thing about offensive line. I'm more inclined to grab a guy that's, uh, you know, a, a veteran, an NFL veteran because he's used to playing against NFL talent. And so making that jump from Division two to, to the NFL and moving to a new position is about acclimation. So I think after, like, the preseason – and maybe after a couple of games, um, seeing how the speed difference from college to preseason, from preseason to the regular season, then about the third or fourth week, he should be able to get in there and, and get rolling. I mean, look at Brian Pace really going way against the grain and taking, you know, Trubisky at one. He comes back, goes to that tiny Ashland College, gets a t- tight end, comes back, gets Eddie Jackson from Alabama, then double up in small schools in um, Cohen and now with Kunstown's uh, Jordan Morgan do you gotta I, break it down for the fan out there really that has the concerns with the word reach and small school talent a reach to me would be taking Mitch Trubisky number two overall that would be the reach Taking a guy like a Tariq Cohen in round four is not a reach. Even if they took him in round three, it's not a reach because you can quickly go to the tape and justify why you took him where you took him. For instance, let's take it. Let's take it back to uh, we remember this. This is what 95, 90. I think yeah, it was ninety five. Steve McNair goes number two overall from Alcorn State. His mm-hmm. tape justified going number two overall from uh, all corners. He was an all-time passer in NCAA at that point in time. And so definitely still, at, I don't know if he still is at the 1AA level, but he his tape justified it, right? And so it wasn't a reach. But you look, let's say you look at a guy like Trubisky coming from North Carolina, his tape doesn't justify being taken above um, a Deshaun Watson, a Pat Mahomes, or Deshaun Kaiser, you know? And so that's why picking that guy at number two was a reach. Taking Shaheen in the second round, some may see it as a reach, but his tape and his uh, at his dynamic ability uh, can be justified. Like, hey, this is a guy that's a matchup problem. He's X, Y, and Z. He has done this. He has the upside. He hasn't played a lot. So you can understand. And I think that's where that's the difference between a reach and also some someone, let's say, a, a value picker or whatever coming from a smaller school. The fact that they coached this kid at the Senior Bowl. Got to know him, 
and really the high ceiling of athleticism this player possessed. You know, Jose Cotto and myself talked about him last week about being a real sleeper pick on the offensive side of the football, the offensive line, who could play inside or out. I like playing that guy at tackle. I think he's athletic enough to do it. Start him there. If he can't make it there, he's going to make it inside. Sitton's getting older. You don't know what you have and how the best five will line up. Put this kid in the competition at tackle. Make them work. Put competition on Bobby Massey's ass. Get him flowing out there and, and working extra hard. Don't hand any Anything to anybody, got to protect those assets at the quarterback position. But, you know, this draft has been full of, you know, wild cards for the Chicago Bears. Emery Hunt bringing his analysis to Bears Hour Live with me and Lauren Cox, always talking about the draft, talking about the Chicago Bears, and really breaking down these prospects, Lauren. It, it just worked out so well that uh, the Bears continue to take, uh, I guess I guess they're done now, but have continued to take these small town, these small school prospects and we're live on the air and they, they take a cuts down player and it's just great having Emery on to break it down. Uh, Emery, do you think, I, I, from what I've seen from a guy like Jordan Morgan, I want to I stay on him a little bit more. He seems like he's, he's, I mean, he's a little bit slow, but he's got the length that I, that I like on the, on the outside there. I mean, I mean, ultimately, do you, do you think his future is on the inside when, when it's all said and done? Or do you, I don't know, do you think he's shown enough that he can do it at, at right tackle? I mean, where's the balance there as far as, you know, he's a little bit slow, a little bit big and heavy, and maybe not quite quick enough in the feet, but he does have the length and he does have the experience on the outside to be able to handle what edge rushers are going to want to do to him one-on-one on the outside. I mean, the fact that he has played outside is is a plus because if you need him to get out there and play tackle he can um but i just i like his movement in a confined space you know what i'm saying and i saw so I, I envision him being a very good left guard um and, and really stepping in and holding his own from day one because he gets so much movement in the running game because he he has a very good hand usage and he's quick inside and i think that's where you know you can see him have some success out there on the, on the island I, I don't know if he has the, the quote-unquote length to play tackle. And granted, watching him uh, at Cutstown, they ran the football heavily. So you saw more of him doing great things in the run-blocking department. Pass for he was okay. But I think that's why you, you like him inside because of the offense he's coming out of, the movement he was able to get, and the um, the experience in pass pro that you saw him have uh, when he threw the football at Cutstown. Uh, all, all of that, to me, transitions better inside as opposed to on the outside. But if you need to in a pinch, he can. Well, it's definitely important to have that versatility. I hear what you're saying. You look at the Bears roster, especially with the, the depth chart there, a lot of interior offensive linemen. So fans are going to question the selection of another offensive guard, Lauren. That's why I think basically working with this football player at the Senior Bowl, knowing that maybe this is the one of the best small school offensive lineman in this draft bears get him in the top of the fifth round obviously he had experience with him it's going to be interesting to see how he plays that out and what they have to line up come the fall yeah you know he played guard down at the senior bowl for the most part so i think that's probably where he's gonna end up in chicago like like emory is alluding to and i i agree that you know, you, you know you never know with with a guy like uh, uh why am i thinking of tj lang the, who's the who's the one that the 
Why can't I? You just said his name, Josh Sitton. I couldn't think of the other Packers, the former Packers guard. With, with a guy like Josh Sitton being on the wrong side of 30, it's just it's just about having that depth on the offensive line here. It's a it's a little bit of a, of a swing for the fences on a guy that you feel like can transition well and, and be something more down the line. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe we get spoiled by the fifth-round picks in Chicago with guys like Adrian Amos and Jordan Howard, you know, stepping in and contributing really well as rookies, but... Here, here, you're taking a guy that's going to be more of a of a longer term, at least, at least not a not a day one starter by any means, and and that's probably just a more realistic expectation for all fifth round picks, even though we've kind of gotten spoiled a little bit by that. Yeah, definitely. And you look at day three of this draft, you know they got a safety, they got what we talked about with Brian Perez earlier, a change of pace running back or a guy that's going to come in here and spell Jordan Howard. It can't be. Just a 240-pound guy pounding the football all the time. I think Emery makes a great case that this kid is more than that. And I think it's going to be exciting to see him get an opportunity to play that position and do what he's going to do for the Chicago Bears. Come back at a small school offensive guard with perfect timing. I tried to break the news. I guess I was right to begin with. <laughs> perfect with Emery here to break down Kutztown, Stace, Jordan, Morgan. I think we really took care of this, and I appreciate Emery Hunt coming on with us, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, Emery, we've taken a good half hour of your time here, and it's it's been amazing having your perspective on these guys. Hopefully, when the Bears when we get the uh, the undrafted free agents in here, the Bears tend to take about seven of those a year. I have a feeling, like we talked about when you were on before, Pace likes to kind of find these small school guys. He did it in the draft this year more than in years past, but in the past, guys like Ben Broniker and eventually. Uh, Dad, does it not Dalvin Williams? Dad, what was the quarterback last year that we, that we were real high on? Dalen Williams. Yeah, Dalen Williams. That's right. I mean, Dan. So hopefully, Emery, we can we can get you back on in a couple weeks here when we've got the we've got the small school prospects here and the undrafted free agents figured out. Not not a problem, man. Definitely appreciate you guys having me on. Well, there he is, Lauren, coming on live with us. Take it time out of his schedule. I mean, if you don't love football. Obviously, you wouldn't come on with your boys and t- break it down for the Bears fan. Emery brings it. Check him out. Emery, where can fans find you again? A- a- Emery actually already, already left the call, but you can find Emery's oh, stuff oh. at uh, footballgameplan.com. And I think, was it 532 scouting reports? I know he's got scouting reports on all these guys that the Bears have taken. That's footballgameplan.com slash FBGP scouting. That'll have all those scouting reports. As always, Emery, it was it was fantastic having him on, and it's the, this kind of analysis that I don't think you can find anywhere else on the internet. I don't know where else you're going to find in depth live analysis of small school prospects that you know the you know I don't know if the Matt Millers of the world have a lot on Jordan Morgan. I don't know if the even the uh, Mike Max have a ton on guys like Adam Shaheen, Jordan, and uh, Terry Cohen. I mean, Emery Hunt. Go, like he said, he's been and watched these guys in person at, at Kutztown. He watched these guys in person at North Carolina A&T. I mean, it's uh, it's really always a pleasure to have Emery on, and he, he's not afraid to bring the takes. I mean, the best running back on this roster was drafted in the fourth round today. I mean, woof, that's that's a doozy. We'll, we'll see how that plays out, <laughs> but it, it's not out of the question, you know? Like Brian talked about this morning with, with uh, Jeremy Langford after one year, it was like, oh, here's our, here's our new starting running back, and after year two, it's like, oh, that's kind of back to where expectations should be. And I'm not saying I think Jordan Howard is going to take a step back, but like with Adrian Amos and these other guys, maybe let's not get expectations too high here for young players that have definitely exceeded expectations early on in their careers. Yeah, you, you always worry about that sophomore slump. You, you never 
can just bank on talent. You got to bring talent to the table. There's the only way to build a football team is to build it with talent. And if you're repeating what you think you've already gotten, I think Brian Perez actually made a great point again, just bringing him up earlier today and saying, look what they did last year. They took Cody White here when we thought Ted Larson was going to be a starter. This one, Jaronis Grasso, the need ended up being we needed all interior offensive linemen. Now you've been able to stack the deck and get players that are going to be able to perform on Sundays and give you an opportunity to win the game. It's it, it's weird that they take a guard. That's why I think this football player might project a right tackle for them. Who knows? Maybe left tackle where he played in college. Again, they got to sit in the meeting rooms with him. They got an advantage. You wanted to see them. Um, he's swinging for the fences, Lauren. You know, I, you have to imagine with a guy like Jordan Morgan here where maybe it's a little bit I mean, I wouldn't call this a head scratcher by any means, but it's it's a little bit more of a surprise, maybe than even some of even the running back and the and the, and the tight end in the second round. That you know, offensive line isn't that big of a need, and it, this is really a, a BPA get a guy that we're familiar with kind of pick. And they obviously, like you said, he was at the Senior Bowl, he was on their roster, so they have to feel pretty comfortable with their character evaluation of this guy. And not that there's any, there's not that there was any red flags of that about him, but. Um, he, you know, he, he, they have to know they, they very, very well more than most other prospects that they've taken that this is a football player that they believe in and that they're willing to, to take a chance on here, even though there's not an obvious early fit for him on this roster, unless, unless they really believe in him as a right tackle prospect, which, which very well could be. But th- this is one of those picks that you have to think Ryan Pace and company feel pretty sure about on day three, which which can only be a good sign moving forward, at least with the way that Pace has been able to identify these players at the end of the draft. But Phil, we, we've we've rambled on here for a good forty minutes about small school prospects. Do we have anything else you want you want to put out there before we before we wrap it up and call it a two thousand seventeen NFL draft? Man, that goes fast. Damn, it went fast, Lauren. I was expecting maybe a trade down to get back in that sixth round in the fifth, but. You know, the Bears have set their board, stacked it. I believe Ryan Pace took his board. And obviously, Lauren, I think it's very clear that these were the guys that they wanted, that they fell in love with. I think Mike Brez put that out there last night. These are the guys that Ryan Pace fell in love with. You know, Brian Perez talked about it, and we talked about it being Ryan Pace's draft, that there is no sure thing of John Fox next year. And that's what these picks are defining. You know, look for us. At Bears Hour Live to go into the film room, and we are break all of these players down in the in, in the coming weeks. You know, putting them into perspective and what they're going to bring for the team. I think producer Lauren Cox does a great job bringing you analysis that multimedia platform that I don't think anyone else is bringing to the table. I appreciate the work that we do there, as you could tell, and I believe that that. He's going to be must-see for the Bears fan like myself, and I'm excited about doing it with you, Lauren. It's been a great offseason so far. We're going to have the undrafted free agents. Look for us on Twitter. Follow us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow the Twitter account, Facebook. I appreciate all the support we've gotten and all the compliments and praises from the fans out there. We do it for you. We saw that there was a narrative and a lean towards abuse of the Chicago Bears. Brian Perez talked about it this morning about Trubisky. 
obviously him. We, I'd like to get Brian and Emery in a room on Trubisky. <laughs> that would be fun. Oh, yeah. But, Lauren, uh, it's fun working with you. You're my partner in crime. Proud of what we've done this offseason. And just putting a pretty little bow on what was the 2017 draft. Unless there's some trade that comes up. I want to thank all of you fans for chatting on Twitter and calling in and being a part of it. We will be back tomorrow, and we will continue to do this throughout the office. Much love to everybody. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Pace is like this year with these draft picks. He's going to challenge us pretty strongly to find a bunch of tape to be able to break down in the film room, but we'll find it one way or another. We'll get some plays together. We'll break it down on, on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe there. And we'll get you through some analysis on all of these draft picks. Hopefully you'll you'll join us for that. But that's going to put a bow on the Chicago Bears 2017 NFL draft, even though the rest of the league is still going in the middle of round five right now. I'm kind of disappointed to be done. But, you know, it's we, we got a new quarterback. This is a, an exciting time in the history of the Chicago Bears, a, a, change, a changing of the guard, a monumental moment. The Bears will either have their their quarterback of the future or one of the biggest busts in franchise history. It's hard for there to be much of an in-between when you invest the number two overall pick on Mitch Trubisky. And there's a lot of these high upside, perhaps low floor, risky picks on day two and three that Ryan Pace is really sticking his career to. So we're going to be here with you all the way through it, enjoying the the victors and the spoils and all the good and the bad that comes with, with what Ryan Pace has done in this draft. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this edition of Bears Hour Live. Come on!